0: Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 50 for subscribers of News of the Day. From a perspective of truth,
1: this is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley.
0: Our top story, Facebook has changed its name to Meta. And it's really, the implications are ominous. I really can hardly get my mind around that. After our conversations with Allison McDowell, the way she pointed out that Neil Stevenson, who wrote Snow Crash and Neuromancer, I think, had kind of obviously had some kind of uh, inside scoop on what was coming. It all seems like a lot of predictive programming was in the works for that. Zuckerberg today announced that the new company's name will be Meta. They are going to be a company that builds technology to connect. He said, together, we can finally put people at the center of our technology. I mean... It's called Facebook, right? I don't know where, where, what it was before, but he says, anyway, and together we can unlock a massively bigger creator economy. He said the name Facebook doesn't fully encompass everything the company does now and is still closely linked to one product. But over time, he hopes we are seen as a metaverse company as part of the change the company plans to report on two operating segments, the family of apps, which I'm thinking is Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, and Oculus.
1: Yes. And then uh, the uh,
0: other one is Reality Labs. So why don't you take it away? Because it sounds like you covered all this already with Cam. Maybe you can put that show in the show notes.
1: Yeah, I didn't cover the name that was actually going to be Meta. We didn't realize he was going to choose that actual name. But he announced this. He made this announcement today during the company's virtual reality, augmented reality conference on Facebook Connect. And they're trying to he said that they're not just that facebook platform they are something so much bigger and they actually previewed a series of concept videos that highlight his vision for the future and here is what he said about that an example of his vision is you you could send a holographic image of yourself to a concert with a friend who is attending in real life so you won't be there Your friend will, but the hologram of yourself will be there and you can have these remote study groups where you walk. This is that image that I have up on screen is kind of some some of the stuff he was flashing during the conference he had today but he said that he chose the name it was inspired from the greek word meta which means beyond which made me think of something you said yesterday the great beyond in relation to westworld so he's kind of combining westworld the matrix and everything he wants to take people and pull them into this reality to where they don't have any connection to the physical world and he wants to create this economy of nfts because he's rolling out these new concepts of digital products that he's going to be testing they're going to be testing this in the next few years and he's says uh, we're going to see a lot of these technologies coming together in the next five to ten years and a lot of this is going to be mainstream uh, and a lot of us are going to be creating and inhabiting worlds that are just as detailed and convincing as this one on a daily basis which begs the question are we in one of those worlds right now
0: so that sounds like the definition of metaverse is that what you're yes. telling us okay i have a few written down here um but i don't want to repeat what you've done before so let's just uh Let's talk about what's happening in the uh, legislature right now.
1: All right. The legislature wants to regulate those algorithms. And they're kind of being open about it right now. They, after wrestling, this is how Bloomberg puts it, they say after wrestling with how to write laws to allow or prohibit certain kinds of speech, regulating automated Algorithms is emerging as the strategy. There was a bill introduced by Senator Ed Markey that would pull back the curtain on big tech, enact strict prohibitions on harmful algorithms, and prioritize justice for communities who have long discriminated against the act. And there's a lot of other legislation being presented all on the back of Francis Hagen, Hagen who told Congress the best way to regulate these online platforms is through transparency and accountability for the machine learning Architecture, which they say is systemically racist, hateful, and allows misinformation to spread. It sounds to me like they want to create somewhat of a predictive policing algorithm, what, what that would be in the real world, but predictive policing, except on social media, that kind of creates a profile of what someone who spreads this type of content is and maybe preemptively knocks them out or watches them a little bit closer than other types of folks. I saw some stuff, a similar theme
0: on the vaccine stuff, and it really was approaching the algorithm. That's what they were talking about. The headline was Facebook froze as anti-vax comments swarmed users. So I think this goes to that story if you're if you're yeah, ready they mentioned that it.
1: in these in this. That's part of some of the examples. What you just said are this type of content that they need to get the algorithm to get rid of.
0: Well, I want to dig into this a little bit. Did you see the tweet I sent to you last night? That was, I stumbled upon a quote in an article that made me feel like I turned the corner and stepped in a huge puddle of puke. I didn't see that. What, what was oh, okay. So I was reading this article about Facebook and I was just like literally thought there was something on my shoe halfway through it. I'll tell you the quote when I get to it. But this so the headline was Facebook froze as anti vax comments swarmed users. And there's just, it was hard to. Um, paraphrase some of the things that they said in this article. So I pulled out a few choice quotes. I'm going to read them directly. It says, uh, by altering how posts about vaccines are ranked in people's news feeds. So that's the algorithm that you're talking about. Researchers at the company realized they could curtail misleading information individuals saw about COVID-19 vaccines and offer users posts from legitimate sources like the World Health Organization. I'm going to pull this stuff apart. Couple at a time. So first of all, let's just say so they're saying they what they want is curation. They want transparency because they want to be able to beat them down if they don't curate the way they want. Them. So they're going to throw the racist card at it. They're going to throw the vaccine card at it. And more and more, we see those two talking points kind of converge on the same targets. But to me, when you see two really disparate things come together to promote the same agenda, that makes me wonder what the real agenda is because those two things, I mean, it's almost like me thinks thou dost protest too much. It's overkill and legitimate sources like the world health organization. This is a social media platform. This is crowdsourcing. This is interaction. This is just people. This is not supposed to be legitimate sources. It's people Expressing themselves in the public forum, it is not really a news source and they don't have responsibility for news level curation. And it doesn't make sense to approach it this way. Anyway, it says when another Facebook researcher suggested disabling some comments on vaccine posts in March until the platform could do a better job of tackling anti-vaccine messages lurking in those comments. Yeah. That, <laughs> that proposal was ignored at the time. So so there. So the bottom line is they are acting like they know better and anybody who disagrees is just an idiot, like they don't even need to explain it. I want to get to that in a second. It says... Uh, so then the, the article goes on to say Critics say the reason Facebook was Slow to take action is simple The tech giant worried it might impact The company's profits now I want to point out A little flaw there so they're pulling Out stuff from the Facebook Papers or whatever they're calling it they're pulling Out actual data that they Have that identifies that these guys Went in there and they had a way to alter the algorithm And it wasn't accepted then instead of saying Furthermore in those papers it Explains that Facebook wouldn't do it because Of profits it doesn't say that it doesn't say the back and forth that actually happened in those papers. Because what might have happened is that they said, look, we're just a social media platform. We're not really there to curate facts according to what has um, scientific gravitas or not. And and if we start down that road, we'll really set a bar and a standard that we couldn't possibly live up to. We have billions of users now. That's not the platform we're, we're dealing with. You can't have both people commenting and a standard of fact checking. Now, that would be a business model idea. It would be a thoughtful, constrained thing with legal considerations and all of that. Yet uh, our friend, the... um the pile of puke, I'm going to call him. (laughs) This is where I turned the corner and read a paragraph that got on my shoe. Why would you not remove comments? Because engagement is the only thing that matters, said Imran Ahmed. uh, Oh, no. The the CEO of the Center for Cancer and Digital Hate and Internet Watchdog Group. Quote, it drives attention and attention equals eyeballs and eyeballs equal ad revenue. So he's making a ton of assumptions there. Meanwhile, this guy is the most ambitious, venal, which is a word he would use. You're going to have to look that one up because that's how he does. Power hungry guy I have ever observed myself. I absolutely can't stand him. And I just feel like this kind of an argument is Is for babies, both because on the one hand, it doesn't acknowledge that business is complex. It's not always bottom line profits. Sometimes it's behind the scenes stuff. Sometimes the guy who owns your media outlet also owns a bunch of oil in Iraq, you know, and maybe is saying stuff that not isn't about selling newspapers, but it's about protecting his interest, his other interests. There's a lot of complexity there, but also the other babyish thing about it is to suggest that people who that uh, that profits are are different from giving people what they want and that people are not yeah. valid interpreters of what they want so what you're saying is they they are looking for profits at your expense but in reality in the free market in the give and take of companies and customers they you're all trying to come together at a place that you can agree and then you have to say Well, people want what's bad for them. And we can't have that. And we know what's good for them. We know it's bad for them. Or maybe it's good for them, but it's bad for society. But then he and he himself has personally attacked the 70, 80 million people who voted for Trump. So what you're saying is there are 70 or 80 million people who are just Wrong. And this goes into the whole apartheid thing, because what the way he characterizes those people is like they're animals, like they're beneath civil rights, human rights, democracy, any of that. And and he is the arbiter of that. And I think that's where we're headed with a lot of this stuff. There's a new apartheid. It's a vax apartheid, but they bring in whatever they have to. But it seems to me that these that these are very dangerous arguments and that you can see that they are they are. Standing on the shoulders of a lot of the indoctrination and um, mental conditioning that people have gone through with the word with with, um, the kind of Marxist ideology that's getting slotted in. I hate to use that word. It's such a trigger word, but but it seems like uh, they're really appealing to those arguments, although those are not. Those are not really the reasons that this guy has this agenda.
1: Yeah, those are the moral appeals that Marxists have used for over 100 years to organize people who say, oh, that sounds right, and then concentrate power to those who already are wealthy and powerful. And this type of. Regulating, It's not just going to stick to just this this, and this comments. We connect this with the metaverse. And if Zuckerberg has his way with this technology he's talking about, he wants people to live, work and play inside the metaverse to where their social, political and economic lives happen within that metaverse. And then an up and coming generation would only know the metaverse and only know how to survive in the metaverse. And then this regulation here starts to get applied in there. And all of a sudden, your entire life is under the control of People like Imran Ahmed, who say that if you question a vaccine, you're a hateful racist. And one of these things that they said is. They said in this report about the comments, they said this overrepresentation may convey that it is normative to be hesitant of the COVID nineteen vaccine and encourage greater vaccine hesitancy. It is normative to be hesitant and to question a vaccine with a new technology that nobody's ever used before. That is normal, but they're trying to flip it on normative Normative, as opposed to positive. Okay, yeah, they they want it's a should.
0: They're saying it's a should. A should. Should, like normative questions, should or shouldn't.
1: Yeah. Okay. So they, they don't want people even considering it. They want people to right. blindly right. accept it. So
0: this, and what you're talking about, when, once you're in the Facebook world, which was created, it's Pretty much an evidence that was created by the government. But what they're doing, this is like the real fascism or the reverse fascism or the backdoor fascism, whatever, where they push everybody. They close down the public square where we have these protections and they put us in the private what the so-called private arena where you have no protections. And then you're in there. That's the only place you exist. And they can do rules that are completely outside of the rights that we have offered up to the government that pushed this down on us in the first place. And I'll give you an example of that. They, they, Another thing that's been going on in Congress, or maybe it was the Senate, it was the Senate, with Snapchat and TikTok and maybe some others are talking about things that are going on on their platforms that are bad for kids, they're bad for their behavior, bad for their mental health, some bullying, eating disorders, drugs, reckless behavior, all of that. And that most of this was prompted by the Facebook whistleblower. Uh, but I, But what I object to here is is that they're acting like this stuff was all a function of profit, and these guys should be ashamed. This goes with one of the, maybe more of the agenda behind what Imran Ahmed talks about or is lurking behind the scenes there, which is this. I'll put in the show notes. There was a Quartz article about the NSA and CIA. Uh, origins of Google. And one of the things it says in that article is we needed this massive surveillance machine. And if you do it through a search engine, you get a lot of psych profiling that you wouldn't otherwise get just by like a Facebook or whatever, but we don't want to have to pay for it. So we made it a commercial endeavor so that it would pay for itself. So my argument is this isn't about profits. For profit's sake, it was set up as being profitable, but the actual agenda, the feature, not the bug, was that it would impair mental health. It would get inside people's minds. It would control behavior and not good behavior. They're talking about birds of a feather who engage in, uh, what was it? Um, dysfunctional subcultures and all that. Like they, there's plenty of documentation that what they want is dysfunction. And yes, the profits are there, but the profits are there to pay for imposing that agenda on agenda on us.
1: Yeah. And a question I have about this is right now, if you want to get an Oculus device, I think it's at least like two hundred dollars. It could be more. These things are expensive to get people to bridge the digital divide, as they call it, which they're still trying to do in the rural areas. If they want to get everybody under the control of this type of metaverse, they're going to have to start subsidize, you know, they gave everybody the Obama phones. They're going to, have to start subsidizing these AI augmented, reality, not AI augmented reality and virtual reality type devices that they create.
0: Well, they will like Zoom and stuff. They'll just say you need it for work.
1: That's a good point. Speaking of work, Alec Baldwin's had a tough time on the job over the past couple of weeks. And there's a quick update that I got for you. It speaks to a question that you asked in the XR yesterday. We were talking about how many people were actually on set at the time and the police officers came out and they did a press conference and there was a hundred people on set, but sets can be very big and very expansive. There were just 16 people in the general vicinity where the incident happened. So was a small number of people there. If something was going to be kind of fun,
0: 16 story, is 16. Isn't that small. I mean, it would. who are there? These, I'm not asking you who they are, but I'm just saying 16, you could have a leak from that three. Oh, not so much. Like if it was Baldwin, the chick who supposedly was killed and the guy uh, behind her, those three people whose names we know, I think that can be highly controlled. Baldwin, yes. The Ukrainian chick, yes. And the assistant director, I don't know, but, you know.
1: Here's the thing. And I think that they did say something. They alluded to this. All of this is going to be on video. They roll B-roll footage. I've never been on a set that isn't rolling B-roll the entire time. And the audio guy is always tweaking the audio. You have a thing, a pack on, and you forget that you have an audio pack on and you'll go walk to the bathroom and you're like, oh, shoot. But he didn't.
0: He said he wasn't rehearsing. They already covered that. He said he was sitting in a church pew, like a fake church pew, just practicing his cross draw.
1: I know, but he still oh, has okay. that audio pack on all the, the entire time. You right, get that put okay. on at the beginning of the day and right. you just have it on because they got to weave it through your outfit and they got to make sure. Right, 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 yeah. right. Yeah. So you forget that it's there. Yeah. And this stuff, even when they're not rehearsing, they have B-roll. They There's almost always someone taking photos. There's almost always right. someone filming something. Right, right, right. And there's yeah. going to be some video of this incident. I guarantee well, it. I don't know if we're going to see it. We're probably not going to see it. You're right. But there's a couple other things they said, and they had already – kind of said this, but they confirmed that Baldwin was handed a gun with a live round. So there were three guns, as we talked about yesterday, and the cop, uh, the sheriff described them like this. One of them was the loaded Colt 45 caliber that he shot the cinematographer with. Not a prop gun. Not They a prop have gun. to
0: stop calling that a prop no. gun. Prop
1: guns do not shoot real bullets. Yes. The sheriff said the uh, he, the other three, the other two guns that were seized, including that one was a non-functioning Colt 45 revolver, and then a elastic non-functioning prop gun. So there was a prop gun there. That's just not the one he was playing with right. at the time. And he said that 500 rounds of ammunition were seized. That included a mix of blanks, dummy rounds, and live rounds from the scene. So they found other live rounds there. They also found the bullet casing. That was the one that, that killed her. And the AD admitted that he didn't, spin the, the chamber. And he said there were three rounds in there. He he was very casual about it. It sounds like based on what the police sheriff said. So this is an interesting story. There was also live rounds that were left on out on the set. So they, the guns were put within a protected area on set while they were at lunch. But some of the live rounds and dummy rounds were left just kind of on one like a set cart out. I, I'm, I'm thinking the sabotage angle could come into this, come into play. Here. Maybe, but I just I absolutely yeah, sabotage would be the only thing that makes sense because that kind of carelessness
0: is just implausible to me and the fact that they were supposedly plinking that morning that people who worked there took the gun, put real bullets in it, and were shooting cans with it and then just somehow it got there on that it was the official story or whatever that's the leaked we don't know if it's the real story or not that's just the rumor that's out there anyway we covered this extensively in the xr recently so uh you can go back and to that if you haven't heard it but uh yeah let's um let's hit a couple more stories before the last big story
1: my dream might come true i expressed i think i expressed it to you earlier this week and i know i mentioned it last week after Travis Tritt sang the national anthem at the Braves game, and there was a lot of controversy surrounding it because Travis Tritt refuses to play venues that require vaccination cards. I said, the Braves just need to go all the way with this and they need to get Donald Trump to throw out the first pitch of one of their home world series games. That would be the ultimate troll. Well, my wish might come true because the AJC reported last night that former president Trump plans to attend game four of the world series in Atlanta this Saturday. And this information comes from the Braves chief executive who said that Trump called the league and requested tickets for Saturday's game, which I would like to get that number. You can just call and ask for tickets and they'll give them to you. But this is interesting for more than just the trolling purposes of having Trump there. And people will be outraged by him being there because they will show him up on the big screen and stuff. The state of Georgia is the heart of the of his primary grievances that the 2020 election was stolen. This is one of his main talking points at his rallies. It's how he fires his base up. It's what he fundraises around, what he builds support around. And that recent rally at the Georgia State Fair was was wild. And this will be wild, too. This is Trump's wheelhouse right here. I guarantee you they flash him up on screen. That place will go crazy. These tickets are like a thousand dollars. These are wealthy Georgians and wealthy Georgians love them some Trump. I bet if they flash Trump up on screen, not only would he get a rousing ovation, we that would be followed up by the largest collective Let's Go Brandon chant that anybody has ever heard through the entire stadium. It that would be would pretty be funny. So, oh, my gosh, that would be that would be raucous. Absolutely. And this is also interesting because he's going to the very venue that took the, they took the all-star game away from the Braves. Trump then told his followers to boycott major league baseball. And now the Braves have the world series here, even though they got the all-star game taken away. So Trump is kind of like, I'm going to go to the game. And this is definitely, this is a prime for politic to be politicized. And it will be have them throw the first pitch out. Although here's, Here's reason to do it. A reason to do it is he can show how much in how much better shape he is than Biden by throwing a strike and how much better he could do than Fauci, who he made fun of a reason not to do it is if they are at all concerned that he'll flub it and he'll throw it away.
0: We'll see. We'll yeah. see. But the let's go, Brandon thing continues to crack me up. I hope they don't ruin it. I just, I just want to bask in it for a little while longer. I'm not even a hater. I don't hate Brand- Biden. I, I, I <laughs> I don't hate him because I just try not to hate, it's a good but it's, yeah. it's not like I'm a big Trump supporter, but I
1: just the, it's just so funny. It's great. And it's got four out of the top 10 spots on the iTunes top 10 music chart right now. Four. I saw it
0: bumped, bumped Adele, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Adele got knocked out of the top spot by three versions of well, just a couple of artists that do it. It's, you should check it out. I, see which one you like better.
0: Oh, OK. So, yeah, I did. I definitely saw the one guy who who knocked her out. That was pretty funny, I thought. So, uh, okay, well, we do still have a big story, another big story in the Free 30. This is how this is the story I'm going to bring. I'll start with a poem. First, they came for the waitresses. Next, they came for the construction workers. I'll tell you what they're doing right now. It may actually affect you. Next, I think they're going to come for the truckers, but we'll talk about that in the Free 30 still. Next story. But before we get to that, I want to tell you about what we're going to talk about in the XR. The Rockefeller Foundation releases new communication scripts to tackle waning public support for child vaccinations. Can't wait to hear about that. And I'm ginning up a new glossary entry, MK Apartheid. It's a brilliant observation that I cannot take credit for, but I will explain it in the XR. And of course, a big thanks to the sponsor of today's show. It is almost over. There is a promotion being run at TrueHempscience.com slash PropReport. There is a free sample of some pretty awesome CBD oil there. Check it out. Uh, I believe it will just go automatically, but if not, the promo code would be Prop23. And you can get in there and check out all the great, really super high-quality CBD products from True Hemp Science. Seriously, if you are familiar with CBD at all, you will completely get it that there is no higher-quality product than this. And these guys are so knowledgeable. They will give you a one-on-one consultation, no problem. Call my guy Chris. Just go to com slash prop report, and you can set up an appointment there. If you're new to the products, you want to understand it a little better. He doesn't make any recommendations, but he can walk you through what he's got. I know people who use CBD products for anti-inflammatory qualities, for relaxation, for anti-anxiety, um, to get a better rest. There's all of that and more. There's also fantastic skincare products. Wow, are those powerful. I mean, nature has more <laughs> more uh how than the denatured stuff that you're going to get at the CVS or whatever. So check it out, truehamsciencecom slash prop report and we thank our sponsors very much for sponsoring our shows. They're really labors of love. I know Chris is a huge fan of this show, and uh, he he really just sponsors it because he likes to be a part of it, and I appreciate that. So if you also want to be a part of this show by contributing. You will get a lot of bang for your buck from us, too. So you can do it here, rockfin.com slash propaganda report for the people who aren't aren't on Rockfin right now, who are on Facebook or YouTube. If you want to see the XR portion, which is coming up in just a few minutes, go over to rockfin.com slash propaganda report and you can probably sign up. In time to see this live In which case you can Ask some questions And we can address them On the air If we have a few minutes At the end of the hour And if you Absolutely And we also Put on Rockfin The entire DNB XR Premium 50 minutes Every day Here But if you need that In an RSS feed Our RSS feed Premium content Is through Patreon.com Slash Propaganda Report So there's a lot of Different ways to get All our premium content And we really try to Give you a lot of Bang for the buck And if you do Contribute to us You are also helping us promote just basically critical thinking. That's all we're really doing here. You don't have to agree with us, but we are trying to get to the bottom of some of this propaganda. So without further ado, let us get on to the last big story of the free 30. So I read an article in the wall street journal. I think it was yesterday. It said this company icon homes is building 3d houses in Texas. So I, immediately found that i looked into it immediately because i figured it has to be austin austin is doing something weird they came to california to change their their policies They said it was to address their homeless problem. They had no homeless problem. They went to L.A. and San Francisco, which has a huge homeless problem, adopted the policies. Then they got a huge homeless problem. It was unbelievable. I went there and it was like my husband and I are like, it looks like it's been pillaged, you know, like a city that's been pillaged. So the people I knew there said they think that this was a they deliberately generated this crisis because they wanted to mess around with the zoning. Make it look like there's zoning for homeless people and then bait and switch for suburban zoning or whatever they wanted to do. Uh, And I thought it's probably more sinister than that. It's not usually it's usually like a social reason as well as a as a um, corporate reason. So when I saw this, I thought, I wonder if this has anything to do with zoning. So, of course, as usual, seek and you shall find. I looked into it and it would appear that it, well, one of the items in the article said a lot of places it's hard to get through the zoning. But Austin was ready, willing and able and just got us right through. Now, this isn't tiny homes, they, although they did some experimental tiny homes. So I wouldn't be surprised if this is really at the heart of that. Um, but here's the here's the thing why I find this interesting is the this technology replaces workers a lot, by a lot. So the Icon Home says that they can use three people on site instead of like 12 people on site. There's a competitor called Mighty Buildings that says that they can do build a home twice as fast with 95% less labor and 10 times less weight waste i hate it when it's a times for a less but whatever i think the message is clear they're eliminating a lot of labor costs this way which means they're eliminating a lot of labor and they throw in there that Uh, skilled labor is hard to find, there's a labor shortage, all of this kind of stuff. But they've done a lot of things to promote the labor shortage. The stimmy checks got people out of the workplace. I think they did that to make it less obvious that the vaccine mandates were exacerbating the labor shortage, but they also do other things that increase labor shortages, such as labor shortage like that, such as they take the... Uh, They really insist that people all go to college and that that will really take people out of the labor force, this kind of labor force. The lockdowns took people out of the labor force and maybe have women coming out of the labor force to watch their kids because of lockdowns. And then men have to slot into some of the jobs that they had given up to women, move away from Construction, all that. Here's the thing: I have absolutely no problem whatsoever with technology or capital replacing labor. Absolutely not. I'm not a luddite. Um, well, I mean, I have, I have, I definitely go through the law process about technology. I'm very interested in Uncle Ted, but, but what I'm talking about from a market, free market point of view, what happens is as technology comes into the workplace, into the equation for an industry, whether you put the money into that technology or not depends on the labor costs and the labor costs depend on two things. I mean, there's there's a lot of other stuff going on, but just for the simplicity of this um, explanation, labor costs reflect The supply of labor versus the demand of labor. So if the supply is low and demand is high, the price of the labor is going to go up and that's going to promote the use of technology. And but as uh, and also as technology makes the costs of products go down, the actual Price of labor can go down because the cost of living goes down and they don't need as much. That's what would happen if you didn't have inflation. So inflation, fiat currency is printed to absorb all of that surplus on behalf of the government so labor doesn't actually get it. That's what the defeat sticky wages where, where labor would actually capture some of that added productivity. But in any case, as these equations are made, labor prices adjust and it's not systemic. It's not across the board. And a lot of times you'll just labor can slowly move into other areas if it's really not needed. But a lot of times labor costs go down and that pushes back against tech. So, look and you shall find, I thought, the government subsidizing research and technology so often helps lower the costs of capital and new tech radically and at once, which will push labor out artificially. It's not organic. And lo and behold, I find straight out of DARPA, the Open Manufacturing Program. And I I looked into this just for 3D printing, which is what these houses are. And um, I'll read the whole thing. It's just a... One long quote. The Open Manufacturing Program is fundamentally about capturing and understanding the physics and processes of parameters of novel production concepts so we can predict Uh, how the finished products will perform, DARPA's Defense Science Office uh, program manager said. He said, here's the money. The reliability and run-to-run variability of new manufacturing techniques are always uncertain at first, and as a result, we qualify these materials and processes using a blunt and repetitive test and retest approach that is inevitably expensive and time-consuming, which ultimately undermines incentives for innovation. So they go in there with these massive testing, which would have been part of the costs of evaluating and implementing these tech, and deliberately so that they can usher in these innovations as at lower costs than would happen in the free market and that 's how these these technologies then get they may appear to be introduced by private companies and they are, but they piggyback on this stuff, which is our tax money. Uh, undermining our wages and our jobs. So I organically, it works in a free market. It works. But this is just another form of fascism, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, it's the expediting of these developments of people replacing robotic technologies. I saw a couple of stories yesterday about McDonald's is going to be doing experiments where they're trying to completely automate their drive through. Just get rid of the... Oh,
0: yeah. First, they anyway. came from the waitresses. Yeah, the yeah. waitresses. Yeah, so they, they'll they do the iPads. And truckers have very high um, salaries right now because of a lot of rules that have reduced the number of truckers on the and how many hours the truckers will work. But in my opinion... Eventually, that's just going to be used for as an excuse for replacing them with driverless trucks, which is used as an excuse to uh, implement driverless infrastructure. I mean, this stuff is all has nothing to do with racism or vaccines. It has to do with their it's it's not just the metaverse as being a virtual world they're changing maybe they're changing the actual world in these ways to interact better with the metaverse i mean that's what rosaquario used to say like they need regular modular um interoperable like plug in even the buildings and everything needs to have perfect surveillance, needs to have uniformity. Otherwise, you can't command and control from the very top around the whole world. You have to uh, adapt your surveillance and all that control to the region. They, they want to de-regionalize everything and make everything easy to control.
1: Yeah, this makes me think of the vigilant guard exercise where they have the crisis scenario where they had one in Georgia a few years ago where just everything goes to hell and they have to pull all the resources of the federal government, of corporations, of the the local governments to c- create new ways to come up and to overcome this crisis and we have this worldwide crisis part of which is the labor shortage because one reason people are staying home waiting to get paid what they deserve is what some articles are saying about people so this is just their opportunity to pool all their resources collectively and develop the technologies to replace those people and do it in a faster way
0: yeah bob higgs crisis and leviathan crisis creates bigger government and never goes back and this is this could be applied much more broadly but i have a couple of things to say before we give this a wrap, first of all, I want to give a shout out to J.J. Boogie, who does all of our music. We love J.J. Boogie. And he is uh, he is in the band Arrested Development, which is fantastic. It was the last show I saw it was his show with Arrested Development out in Vegas. Uh, Before the lockdown But they are playing The State Fair of Louisiana In Shreveport uh, This Saturday October 30th At 8.30pm So if you are anywhere near there I highly recommend Catching that show It is a blast I mean It is really really fun And I'm sure If you give JJ a shout out You can't miss him He's got a long beard (laughs) He's really the best Um, So check him out He's one of us for sure And then Uh, I wanted to just tell people we have a Patron Saint Zoom party on Saturday, October 30th. Also during the day, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. If you want to be part of that, make sure you're a Patron Saint. You can even just join for one month and uh, see if you like it. That's. Patreon.com slash Propaganda Report Patron Saint tier. But then uh, anybody who's in a party level tier can come to the Disappearing Patron Party next Friday, November 5th. And then if you're in Pasadena, I'm having a meetup on November 6th, which is a Saturday. If you want to come to that, email me at the Podcast at gmail.com and I will give you the details. That's it.
1: All right, you guys can find your drive time news blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform and the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to the extra content, Monica was just telling you about go to Patreon dot com slash propaganda report and also you check us out every Thursday. We do live Thursdays here on Rockfin at rockfin.com slash propaganda report. Thank you, Monica. Thank you everybody who came and interactive in the live chat. It was fun. We will talk to y'all in the dmv XR or next time have a fantastic rest of your day.